Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. It's intern, John. Celebrate the coziest season with Safeway. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all of your seasonal favorites. Make the most of those fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Visit your neighborhood Safeway today or shop online for easy pickup or delivery. They're here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. Sincerely, Safeway. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Lord, have your way. We pray that you speak to us with clarity, speak to us to power tonight. Lord, uh, we pray that we would be more like you after we hear this word tonight. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Can I get you to open your mouth and say that? Say, Lord, I want to be more like you. That's our prayer. That's our desire. That's what it means to be a Christian. It means to be Christ-like. Father, we thank you that we may not be, let's go, where we used to be, but we can th- or where we want to be. But we can thank you, Father, that we are not where we used to be. We are evolving we are growing we're getting better we're getting stronger we're getting wiser and things that we did not conquer in the last decade watch out because it's happening this decade and things we did not conquer in the last year we declare that they're being conquered this year in jesus name i need everybody across america around the world and for the dream teamers that are here serving to make sure you can get the word i need you to take 10 seconds and just release a praise right there before we get into this word Come on, 10 seconds. What is 10? It is the biblical number of divine perfection. Come on, open up your mouth. Do it in your house. Do it on your job. Don't be worried about them people. They don't have a blessing. They don't have breakthrough for you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Hallelujah. Somebody say yes, Lord. So listen, we're in a series called A New Altitude, and we've been looking at words that in in ood, U-D-E, as they affect our altitude. Why? Because that suffix ood, it means to take action 
and change something. Look at me. God is a God of action. He's not just a God of talking about it. He's a God that gets it done. He's not just a God of talk. He's a God of walk. And why is that important to understand? Because if you grew up in church, you're used to a God that says stuff, but ne never you never see stuff. And I need you to hear me. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a God that gets more done than he says. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews that when he speaks, what happens? Everything that can be shaken is shaken. So only that which cannot be shaken shall remain. I'm to tell you watch me everything that's happening in your life even if it was unnecessary I need you to open your mouth and say but God's making it useful now here's what I need you to understand it means to take action and to change something and so what's important is this is there's some change in you that needs to match what God's about to do God doesn't just want your life to go to a new altitude but watch me but your character not match that altitude it's not enough to just have stuff but you're sorry let's go it's not enough just to look the part but not be the part and it's not enough just to say Christian things, but you don't live a Christian life. It is not enough, watch me, just to put up WWJD, but you act like an A. a mm. That's not enough. I need you to say there's changes in me that need to match what I'm about to see. Now, listen, this is very important. Watch me. On Sunday, we looked at the Hebrews journey post Passover. And tonight we're going to see Jesus journey Passover. So we can have, here's the title of the message. It's called similitude to the savior. Uh, similitude means the state of being similar or like to, and hear me, that's what Christianity is all about. It is about us going through a process of evolution and transformation so that we can look like Jesus. Here's amazing. Jesus is God in the flesh. Now, the Bible says, Deuteronomy 6, 4, hear O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. So God is one. Everybody say God is one. Now, throughout the Bible, we see God manifest himself in three expressions. One, a father. Two, a son. Three, the Holy Spirit. Check this out. Now, watch me. If you're not careful, you'll think that those are three different people. Now, what you got to understand is that there's one God that chose to manifest himself in three ways so he would show us how we're supposed to act with him. Watch me. He becomes a son to himself to teach us how to be sons and daughters to him. Let's go. He becomes submissive to himself to teach us how to be submissive to him. So what's so amazing? amazing about God is he says I'm not just going to tell you to do it I'm going to send myself to show you how to do it God is so incredible that he gave us a living walking talking breathing example and I'm God man the anthropos that would be named Jesus the Christ so everything we see him do stop saying well that's Jesus no you got the same power to do it the same power to do right when wrong is happening the same power to forgive people you want to cuss cut let's go you don't want to cuss them and you want to cut them and I wish I had some real people online tonight. Let's talk. The same power he had to tell the dead to get up, you got. The same power he has to see miracles work, you have. I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm just like him. Come on. See, the Bible refers to this. Watch me. The Bible says this, like this. It says, as he is, so are we in the world. Which means the purpose of our process and our journey in our story is so that we will end up being his representation right here in the earth that's what the bible says we will do greater works than he did why not because there's anything greater than raising somebody from the dead but there's more of us than there was of him which means when we come together as his body harvest come on y'all when we come together as his body we are one mean lean jesus machine let's go i need you to open your mouth and say this say similar to to the savior come on say it again say similar to to the savior now, watch me. This is God's desire for us. Let's go Philippians 2.5. Watch. It says, let this mind 
this mentality, this thinking. Uh, watch me. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. In other words, it says the same way Jesus thought, I need you to think. Verse 6, here it goes. It says, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, he says, he changed how he acted so that he would show us how to not be arrogant. Now, stay with me. Look at verse 7. But made, watch me, or emptied himself by taking the form of a what? Servant being born in the likeness of men. New King James says it like this. He made himself of no reputation. I need you to hear me. You got to be careful because if you try to protect your rep, you might ruin your results. Many of you, watch me, you're so worried about what people think that, watch me, they've not accomplished anything. Be careful when you're trying to perform for people who have not accomplished anything because it'll never be good enough because they don't know what accomplishment looks like in the first place. But he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. So how does Jesus think? He thinks like a servant. Watch me. It's amazing to me how many people want to be served but won't serve. I need you to say this about yourself. Say, I am a servant. I which means if I got to clean toilets, that's what I got to do. I need y'all to stop talking about that ain't my gift. That ain't my ministry. That I'm not good at that. That's because you don't have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ says whatever I'm told to do, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well. Whatever I'm directed to do, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well. Jesus did not complain about one of the things he had to do because he's like, look, I'm Jesus. So y'all ain't going to be hitting on me. I'm God. You ain't going to be talking to me like that. He could have, but he didn't to show us how to act. He acted like a servant. I need you to open your mouth, please, and say, I'm a servant, a servant, a servant. Watch me. Let's go down to verse, uh, verse 8. Watch me. It says this. And being found in human form, he humbled himself. Now, this means humility is a choice. Pride is default. Mm. Humility is a choice. Pride is default. What does that mean? Our natural response is always going to be prideful because pride tries to front as a protection mechanism. We get prideful to try to protect ourselves from being hurt. So that's our defense mechanism. Who did we learn that from? Adam. Adam's defense mechanism, when he thought God was going to reject him for what was going on in the garden, was he got prideful with God. Bishop? How do you know he got prideful with God? Because watch his response to the Lord. Uh, God says, Adam, where, where are you? He says, well, well, we were naked and we hid ourselves. God says, who told you that you were naked? Well, the woman you gave to be with me. Check this out. He gets prideful and arrogant because when he gets checked, watch me, he doesn't come correct. Mm, I need you to make sure that when you get checked, you come correct. Because some of you, watch me, the only way God can teach you is he has to take you from high places and put you in no places because when you got checked, you didn't just humble yourself and say, I was wrong. I shouldn't have acted that way. You got arrogant and you got prideful. So he had to take you down. But I'm going to tell somebody tonight that I don't care how low you had to go. I'm going to tell you, you are back on your rise. Open your mouth and say, I'm going to a new altitude. Let's go back to Philippians. Here it is. Philippians 2. Let's look at verse 8. It says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. So he made a conscious decision not to be prideful because pride is the default. Which means stop saying, I'm just going to go with my first mind. Your first mind might be an arrogant one. Might be a prideful one. I need you to say this. Say, Lord, deliver me from my pride. Becoming obedient. Mm. Pride never obeys because it thinks it knows better. <laughs> pride says, I heard what you said, but this is what I think. I heard what you said, but this is how I feel. 
And the danger with you saying how you feel is that, watch me, you don't have focus. Mm. And when you can't see everything, you don't know nothing. Mm. It's dangerous for you to try to lecture somebody, watch me, that's done more on their worst day than you've done on your best day. Let's have a conversation in the room today. And what we got a lot of today in culture and in America and around the world is a lot of individuals who don't want to be told anything, but yet then when they get hurt and they're in pain, they say, I don't know why this happened. I'll tell you why it happened. You did not listen to your navigation system. Instead, watch that you went off of how you felt about the way the road looked. And when you go off of how you feel based on what the way the road looks, God says, well, I'm going to let you crash your car so that you learn next time when I give you somebody to tell you what to do, that you obey. I need you to say, Lord, make me obedient to your word. What does obedient mean? It don't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how you think. It doesn't matter what you think about it or how you think it ought to be done. Can I be honest with you? I had to do this in my own life. I didn't want to be no pastor, but I obeyed. I didn't want to be a bishop, but I obeyed. And what's happened because of that? Thousands of people have given their life to Jesus. Because Watch me, because I decided to obey. I'm not trying to get the glory. I'm giving God the glory. Your obedience is somebody else's breakthrough. I need you to say that right now. Say, my obedience is somebody else's breakthrough. Watch, it says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Why does it say that? I've taught you in this series that dying on the cross, that was a Roman form of punishment. That means he died a political death. Now, Jesus came as a Hebrew. He came as a Hebrew to first deal with the sheep of the house of Israel, and then he dealt with the lost uh, sheep of the house of Israel, and then he dealt with others that we refer to in the scriptures, the Gentiles. The non-Hebrews. Now, what does this mean? Jesus came, watch me, and his initial focus was on dealing with his people. Because, watch me, church, be careful when you're trying to change the world, but you got chaos within. Because a house divided against itself cannot, what, stand. And some of you all, watch me, before you try to change the world, I need you to get your house. Come on here. Before you try to go change the block, I need you to get your house together. Watch me. And I'm not talking about grown folks that watch me that ain't going to listen to you. I'm talking about for some of you, you got some kids you need to bring into subjection. You got, y'all ain't saying, you got some nieces and nephews you need to bring into subjection. Watch me. It starts in the house so it can go outside of the house. See, God always likes to make sure it's right on the inside before you do it on the outside. Watch me. Because when you get pressure from the outside, it's going to take what's on the inside to keep you strong. All right, watch. It says, even death on a cross. So that's a political death, which means he died the death that you would have died as a Roman citizen, uh, which is a political death. Jesus did not die a religious death or a death by the church, which would have been stoning to death for what they accused him of, which was blasphemy. Y'all still here? Look at me. Let's go. Instead... He gets on a cross and dies a political death, which, watch me, what they thought they were doing was embarrassing him, watch me, by saying, watch me, you weren't good enough for the church. So when they say, let's us crucify him, what they're saying is he's not even deserving of us to kill him by the way that we would normally do it. We're going to put him out there so he dies a political death so that he can't even be attached to the church. Let me say this. For some of you, the reason why God has connected you to harvest is because there's religious system that rejected you, dejected you, said you don't fit, you ain't good enough, you got tattoos, you got this, you got that, you got that. And God had to connect you, watch me, with an evolutionary so that together we would cause evolution in the earth. Are y'all still here? Let's go. All right, check it out. Verse 9. Therefore, here it is. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him. Y'all sit with me. The name that is above 
every name. God has given him what? The name that is above every name. Why? Because he humbled himself, because he was a servant, and because he obeyed. Humbled himself, he was a servant, and he obeyed. Say those three words with me. He humbled himself, he was a servant, and he obeyed. Say it with me. He humbled himself, he was a servant, and he obeyed. And what mindset are we supposed to have? Let this mind that was in Christ be in us also. So question, what's on your mind during quarantine? I'm going to ask it again. Question, what's on your mind during quarantine? He's been given a name that coronavirus is beneath. Uh-uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Put the verse back up. It says, verse 9, therefore, which means because of this, God said, your name is above anything that can be named. So anything that can be named is subject and lower to his name. See, sometimes you want a great name, but you don't want to pray a great price. Listen, I'm going to tell you, likes and shares don't mean a great name. Mm. I need you to hear me. A great name means you got power to tell stuff when to shut up, sit down, and move. Let's go. And I need you to hear me. In this year and in this decade, you're going to walk in a level of power like you've never walked in before. In this year and in this decade, you're going to walk in a level of altitude you've never walked in before. I need you to open up your mouth and say, my name will have power this year. Say, because his name has power this year. There's certain names that open up doors. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. There's certain names that you're going to say, I'm such and such. And they'll say, oh, come right this way. I'm here to tell you, watch me. What God intends to do through you is make it so that your name is just like his name, which means your name's got power to change some things. Like the Hebrews, post-Passover, Jesus is in quarantine. Remember, we looked at this on Sunday. Post-Passover, the Hebrews go into quarantine. Quarantine means isolation. Post-Passover, Jesus is in quarantine. What does that mean? He's isolated. Bishop, where did you find that out? Matthew 26, 56. In the worst, look at me, in the worst moment of his life, he's by himself. And I need you to stop wanting co-signers to help you in your crisis. Because what will happen is you will misuse your isolation You will misuse the fact that God wants you to use your isolation to deal with your individual issues. Matthew 26, 56. Let's read it. But all this had taken place, read it with me, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Look at the last part. Here's quarantine. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Here's what's deep. They left him and they fled. You missed it. They didn't just leave him by way of connection. They blocked him. Come on here. They unfollowed him. Yeah, come on here. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Uh, uh, they, they, they blocked him from their page. They unfollowed him. They said, I don't want anything to do with him. They didn't just leave him. They fled him, which means they said, I don't even want to be identified as somebody that was around him. They threw away all of their Jesus jewelry. They threw away all their Jesus search. They threw away all their Jesus CDs. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. They left him. And they fled. Come on, y'all say with me. Say they left him and they fled. I want to talk about the all for about 45 seconds. Because, watch me, you don't really know what's in you until all have left you. Now watch me. Sometimes it's not, look at me, sometimes it's not 
in real circumstances, meaning people didn't physically distance from you. Mm. It, it's not that there was social distancing from you. It is that they were around you and not with you. What's worse, can we be honest, is that you can be in the same house with somebody and feel like a stranger and feel closer to somebody 2,000 miles away. Mm, I need y'all to hear me today. See, whenever you feel isolated and alone, that means God is getting ready to do something amazing in your life. And I need you not to feel like, what's wrong with me? Nothing. You're in quarantine. And when you're in quarantine, God's about to do something incredible. I need everybody that has ever felt a moment of isolation or loneliness over these last 12 months, especially these last six weeks, I just need you to throw one hand in the air and say, Father, thank you for my isolation. Thank you. Say, thank you for my quarantine. Thank you. And it's in this moment that the bloodbath begins. Ooh. It's in this moment. What moment? Quarantine. Isolation. What happens? The bloodbath begins. You know the phrase, a bloodbath, it means it, means it gets bloody. Now, check this out. Blood in Scripture represents life. So, isolation is for you to deal with your individual life issues many you're so distracted by other people all the time it required the world to be shut down he couldn't just shut down one industry because it wouldn't hit everybody he didn't just shut down one country because it wouldn't hit everybody which means what God is about to do through harvest ain't just going to be in Atlanta it's about to be global I need you to open up your mouth and say it's going to cover the earth I feel like preaching a little bit tonight God said I shut the whole world down so you could deal with your individual issues Bishop what do you mean the blood bath begins well before I take you there let me show you the significance of blood blood represents what? life so isolation is for you to deal with your individual life issues. Question, what have you been doing with the last six or so weeks of isolation? Have you been begging for normal back? Have you been watching the news just waiting on them to say normal's back? Or have you been saying, well, while I'm here, <laughs> I'm going to maximize this thing. While I'm here, let me get creative. It's amazing because there's a restaurant that has amazing bread. I will not name it. Um, I will not name the restaurant, but sometimes you just have to go through houses that are by roads. From Texas. Listen, um, and, and so today, 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 I have a very, very, very full day today because I, was just, I decided I'm not slowing down. I'm going faster. Watch me, because I don't have as many distractions. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me right now. I said, I can go faster without as many distractions right now. Which means anything that I see as a distraction, which means I, 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 I got to dismiss it because, because this is a time where there should be no distractions. So if this is a distraction, I got to dismiss it. And what's amazing to me is that normally you go into this particular restaurant and they have peanuts everywhere and all of this and they do all this stuff and all that and all this here. And so it was amazing to me is how quickly they altered what they were doing to accommodate social distancing and all of that. And so they got a whole system. You drive up on the lot at this particular restaurant that I'm not going to name. You drive up on this particular restaurant, they got somebody waving at you. 
Now, now, the only thing I didn't like about the wave is they did this. And this here, I, don't, I can't stand this here. This just irks me to the ninth degree. I said, he did this. I said, son, don't do that to me. Do not do that to me. Just do this to me. Don't do, don't do that to me. I'm just joking, y'all. They did this. They waving at you. Come over here. Hello, welcome to such and such restaurant. Uh, you need to place an order? Did you make an order? I said, what I look like? I already did mine online. <laughs> did my online order? He says, great. Well, since you've already done it online, you won't stay with me. You're going to go down to so-and-so. I said, y'all set all of this up like this here? All of the workers' cars and the staff cars are on the exterior. So the parking, parking lot can be open so they can serve the customers. You're missing it. Quarantine didn't shut them down. Quarantine forced them to change. Come on, y'all. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? Watch me. Your limitations are supposed to create your innovations. I'm going to say it again. Your limitations are supposed to create your innovations. Let me say it another way for my deep people. God guides sometimes by what he does not provide. I'm about to hang up. Sometimes God guides by what he does not provide. You keep saying, I need this. And instead, you need to say, if he didn't give me that, what is it I'm supposed to do with what I have? I need you to open up your mouth and say, Lord, show me how to work what I got. Let me borrow it from a movie. Say, Lord, show me how to use what I got to get what I want. So let's go. Hebrews 9.12. Hebrews 9.12. Hebrews 9.12. Watch me. Isolation makes you deal with your what? individual issues and it's when Jesus is in isolation the bloodbath starts watch what it says he entered once for all into the holy places not by means of the blood of goats and calves but by means of his own blood where is that coming from remember I taught you in the series during the Passover wherever the blood of a spotless lamb was applied that the deaf angel had to pass over their house, which is why I got you started saying things like my house is next. Why? I was just having you to abide by the scripture. It ain't just about saying you. You have to make it for your house. All right? Check this out. <clears throat> um, um, but by means of his own blood. Here's the line I want you to see. Thus securing. Say it's done. When you secure something, that means you got that. When you secure it, that means it's a done deal. Thus securing and say these two words with me, eternal redemption. Say it with me, eternal redemption. Well, redemption means purchase. Check this out. So wherever he shed his blood, there's a receipt for something we need to receive. I'm going to say it again. Wherever he shed his blood, there's a receipt for something we need to receive. It's already been paid for, but just like I had to go to that restaurant, I paid for it, but I still had to go through the process to receive it. Mm, come on, y'all. Jesus paid it all, but we still have to go through process to receive it. Now, since we're just like him, look at me, every place right now where you're having life issues, let's go further, every place right now where you're experiencing pain, Every place right now where you feel like you're shedding blood, can we talk? You're buying something. Y'all ain't going to talk to me, and I don't understand why y'all going to do that to me. Come on, Atlanta. Come on, Houston. See, some of you are like, it's just so painful. Good. That means you got a receipt for something you just bought. And every battle that you beat means you shed some blood. And every place that you shed some blood, that means there's something that you bought. I need you to check those receipts. Can I get about 50 of you to type it online? Check the receipts. Check the receipts. Check the receipts. Check the receipts, man. Let's check the receipts. Some of you, 
You got receipts in relationships. You can shed blood in relationships. You, some of you literally have shed blood in some relationships. What did you get? You bought, watch me, you bought wisdom. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Some of you, you got blood in financial situations. What did you do? You bought prosperity. Mm. See, greatness is, uh, watch me, his love is free, but favor and greatness have a fee. Some of you, you've gone through family issues. What did you do? You bought, watch me, you bought not having those issues in the family that's about to be created. Yeah. I need you to just open up your mouth and say, I got receipts. So, and I'm about to check them. Listen, before you complain about what's so painful and what's so hurtful and what's so bad and you're so mad, what you need to realize is wherever you shed blood, you're buying something. And for some of you, you fight so hard not to shed blood, which is why you have no receipts. I need you to stop resisting the pain. Mm. I need you to stop resisting the difficulty. I need you to stop avoiding the issue. I need you to stop running from your problems. I rebuke the runner in you, and I speak that you have got fortitude. I speak that you are increasing altitude, and I declare you've got the aptitude for God to do something amazing in your life. Somebody say, yes, Lord, right there. Check the receipts. Check the receipts. Check the receipts. So here are the receipts. Number one, first place Jesus shed his blood. We find it in Luke 2 and 21. Luke 2 and 21, Jesus is circumcised. Somebody say he's circumcised. Now, this is amazing because when he was circumcised, <coughs> Genesis 17 and 13 teaches us this, that to, be, or to have access to the Abrahamic covenant, one had to be circumcised. Look at me. This is significant. They said, what's the Abrahamic covenant? The Abrahamic covenant is found in Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter number 12, it says, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. I need you to get it. What was Jesus paying for? Somebody say, what was he paying for? He was paying for, please listen to me. He was paying for you and I to have access to that same covenant. Put up Genesis chapter 12 and verse number one. Somebody say, he was paying for my access. Go to verse number two. Watch me. And I will make of you a what? Great nation. What does God want to make of you? What does that mean? Everything attached to you should be great. That means your credit should be great. That means your finances should be great. That means everything attached to you should be great. Great doesn't mean perfect. Mm. Some of y'all, watch me, you don't think it's working because it ain't perfect. He didn't never promise you that. He promised you it'd be great. Great just means despite its imperfection, it's still amazing. Ah, I need you to say despite the imperfections. Say it's still amazing. And I will what? Bless you. What does that mean? I will empower you to prosper, to do well, and to be made whole. And I will make your name what? Great. Not perfect. If everybody likes you, something's wrong with you. Jesus said, woe to you who everyone speaks well of you. I need you to have some haters. I need you to open your mouth and say, thank you for my haters. What, what's a hater? Somebody that's against you without cause. Somebody that's against you without reason. The Bible says this. Here's what it says. It says, I will make your name great, which means it's not going to be perfect. Listen to me. Your reputation won't be perfect because there's some people that are convinced to hate you. And they are necessary because you, watch me, the only way you qualify as great is if you have great accomplishments. And for many, the greatness of your accomplishment is going to be found in the fact that you outdo what they said was going to kill you. 
You got me? So that you will be what? A blessing. It's right there on the screen. So that you will be what? So that you will be what? Now, check this out, which means this is why we say I'm blessed to be a. When Jesus was circumcised, here's the first receipt. This belongs to us. Do you see this? So when I say this, I'm not just saying this by faith. I'm saying it by redemption. I'm saying it because I got a receipt. Yeah, no, 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 y'all ain't getting it. I, I need somebody else. Just, just say, just say, just say, run me that. Yeah. I, 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 need, I need you to hear me. I need you to hear, Jesus ran this to you. <laughs> Some of y'all don't understand that first. Jesus made sure that 2,000 years ago, the first thing he ever did. See, you thought the first place he shed his blood was on the cross. Mm -mm. First place he shed his blood, watch this, was to buy us access. I need you to say access granted. <laughs> Come on, which means whenever you're facing something, you just need to say, I'm blessed to be a blessing, which is why never be stingy, never not be a faithful giver. Why? Because your increase is in your release. I, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Here's the second place he shed his blood. Luke 22, 41 through 44. And the second place that he shed his blood is in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden of Gethsemane. We talked about this, right, already in this series. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus experienced something called hemotidrosis. This is when the capillaries in our, uh, in our face begin to close up and then they burst. Watch me. Which means they shut down, then they open up. But when they open up, the blood begins to flow through the sweat glands. Check this out. So the Bible says that he began to sweat drops of blood. You're going to see it on the screen. He began to shed drops of blood. Everybody say he began to shed drops of blood. Imagine the level of pressure that you had to be under, uh, watch me, for your capillaries to shut down, then open up and burst. Check this out. Which means Jesus, before he was ever stressed externally, he was stressed internally. And for some of you, watch me, what's going on on the inside is producing blood on the outside. What are you trying to say, Bishop? It means, watch me, you are buying something in where you're at. You're buying something in your situation, and it starts inside before it ever changes outside. Here's what's amazing. He first shed his blood internally before he shed his blood externally, which means he paid for all of my internal issues uh, before he ever thought about my external issues because he wanted me to get my roots right, not just deal with my fruit. Somebody say, I'm checking the receipt. Say it again. Say, I'm checking the receipt. Number one, he prayed for our, uh, or in this rather, he paid for our grace to persist in pain. Because remember, in the garden, he's, he's in agony, and he says, if it's possible for this cup to pass from me, let it go. He prays that. How many times did we learn in the series? Three times. How many times? Three times. Put up a three with me. Three times. How many times? Three times. He prays that. But what does he do? He persists. There's some of you that want out of what's hard, and the answer is no. <clears throat> I don't know who that's for right now. There's some of you that keep saying, Lord, just please, and God, let me go and answer it for you. Let me go and answer it for you. No, because he bought you the grace to persist in pain. I need you to say, I got this hey, because God's got me. He's not making it easier. He just needs you to go and get through it. The moment you stop trying to get out of it, you finally get something done with it. I don't know who I'm preaching to right there. I need you to stop trying to escape it because the answer is no. You've prayed once, you've prayed twice, you've prayed three times, and God says no. And instead, I need you to go check the receipt because I gave you the grace to persist in pain. One more time, everybody just say this. Say, I've got this because God's got me. Here's the second thing. 
he's on this place, he's on this place it's, uh, called Golgotha. It's also known as Calvary. It's a hill so that when they put Jesus on the cross, there's a guy on his right, a guy on his left. He's in the middle. The two on the left and the right, they're guilty. They deserve to be there. Jesus doesn't. What the Romans would do to teach a lesson is that they would put whoever they were crucifying, they took him up to this hill. Somebody say, up the hill. They took him up the hill so that everybody in the city could see his crucifixion. So that his crucifixion would be used as a sign, don't do what he did or we're going to get you the same way we got him. Now, it's a very powerful demonstration, don't you think? It's the same reason today in America there are certain levels of punishment for different levels of things because the idea, at least in theory, is to be a deterrent to different behavior. Check it out. So this is where we get it from. Now, check this out. What's amazing is that when they took him up Calvary's hill, please look at me, if they had stoned him, he would have never went up the hill. I need you to hear me. Somebody said it had to happen that way. If they had stoned him, they could have stoned him in the garden. If they stone him in the garden, there's no more bloodshed. Come on, y'all. If they stone him in the garden, there's no more bloodshed. Come on, y'all. If they stone him in the garden, watch me, there's no more bloodshed. They didn't have to wait to the garden. They could have stoned him before he got to the garden. They could have stoned him while they were eating the meal of the Passover. Why didn't Judas, think about this, if you're going to be a good deceiver and you're going to try to get somebody, let's just talk. If you're going to be hood with it, be hood with it. You don't get out fried and do it. You keep it in the house. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You invite everybody into the house where they're getting ready to eat the Passover, and y'all say, he's going to be in here, and when you see me kiss him in there, I need y'all to get him. Then you got everybody else. That makes much more sense to me if you're trying to get somebody, but why did Judas not have the ability to think that way? Because God never lets your enemies outsmart him. I need you to hear me. God never lets your enemies outsmart him. He says, you think you're doing something. You ain't doing nothing to them. I need you to lift both of your hands and say, God's playing my enemies. Say it like you mean it. Say, God's playing my enemies. What's an enemy? Anything that opposes your forward progress. Let me tell you why he couldn't be stoned. Because if he doesn't get on a cross and die the death of a Roman, the political death, they never take him up the hill. The hill is called Golgotha. Look at me. Golgotha, please listen to me, was the place where Adam's skull was buried. Please look at me. Every place he shed his blood, what did he do? He bought something. Every place you shed your blood, you buy something. You need to be grateful for your struggle. Matter of fact, we're about to take a 10-second praise break. For everybody that's had some struggles and some issues and some stuff that made you want to holler, I just need you for five seconds to holler, but not holler because of your struggle. Holler, watch me, being thankful for your struggle. I'm going to give you five seconds in Denver, Atlanta, and Miami. You say, Bishop, I just feel like sitting down and learning. I'm going to need you to put your notepad down, put your phone down for a minute, and I'm going to need you to get on your feet and throw your hands up in the air. And watch me, I need you to praise him like you do care. What am I giving him glory for? for every struggle I had because when I shed some blood, I was buying something. You got 10 seconds. Go for what you know. Come on, go for what you know. You ought to be thankful that you were molested. Be thankful that you were raped. It was painful, but you bought something. It was deep, but it was delivering you. It was painful, but God's getting the glory out of it. Somebody say he's getting the glory out of it. Say it again. He's getting the glory out of it. 
Okay, you can sit back down and get your notepad. You can sit back down, get your notepad, get your phone back out. So when he gets on the cross on Golgotha and the blood begins to run down his body and it begins to run down the cross, it hits the ground. When it hits the ground, what is he doing? Every place his blood is shed, what did he do? He bought something. Whose skull is down there? The one that messed it all up in the first place. That's why the Bible says, can I go real deep? Can I teach it like you're a Bible college student? That's why when they pierced him in his side, blood and water came out. Why? So that the blood would go down. Y'all ain't even ready for this. Y'all ain't ready for this. I don't think you're ready for this. Listen, uh, the blood and the water mix. The water takes the blood down. So that it gets all the way down to where Adam's skull is. So when the blood hits his skull, the blood undoes all of what Adam did. Where did Adam mess things up? In a garden. Where did Adam mess it up? In a garden. Where did he mess it up? In a garden. Where did Jesus fix it? In a garden. Can I move further? Third place that he shed his blood is they took him to the whipping post. They took him to the whipping post. They beat him. In 1 Peter 2, 24, here's what it says. By whose stripes? By his wounds, English Standard says, you, say it with me, have been stopped. I'm waiting on my healing. You are out of order. You're out of order. What do you mean I'm out of order? What does the Bible say? Have been. Well, Bishop, I was praying for somebody to get healed, and, and, and they passed away. Stop. You and I are bound by time. So you may think you didn't see their healing manifest, but he's not bound by time, which means even if they exited time, it does not mean he did heal. You didn't hear what I just said. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, healing is a settled deal. Baby, if he paid for it, I'm going to need you to give me what's mine. So what does this mean? We're healed, past tense. It's this Greek word, Iomi. Let me give it from my note takers because some of y'all say, see, that's my name right there, Bishop. <laughs> I-A-O-M-A-I. I-A-O-M-A-I. Ah, here's what it means. To cure. Shut up. Which means Jesus doesn't make painkillers. Painkillers hide what's going on. Jesus says, I want to cure what's going on. I need you to say he cured me. But watch this. It is not just from physical illness. It is, watch me, to cure physically and emotionally. What does this mean? There are certain things we do that are emotional painkillers. You drink, it's an emotional painkiller. You do drugs, it's an emotional painkiller. You, you gossip, it's an emotional painkiller. I'm not judging you, I'm just giving you examples of what are painkillers. What they are is I need to escape right now to kill the pain of something. Let's go. Jesus says, I don't want you having a painkiller. He says, I want to cure you. In other words, I want to deal with the reason that you need the painkiller in the first place. 
You missed me. I want to deal with the reason you need the painkiller in the first place. So what does he put you in so that you can deal with your individual issues? Quarantine. Which means right now, for most, must mean not for most, for everybody under the sound of my voice, quarantine is what you prayed for. You just didn't know it. Bishop, what do you mean? You prayed to get healed from your emotional issues. So you know what he did? He shut down the whole world so you can have some time to cure. And when you're going through healing, you need some time to lay in the bed for a little bit at, and recover. I need you to say, I'm being cured. And I'm recovering. That's Bible. That's Bible. Someone said that's in the book. Let's go. Number four, a crown of thorns. Say a crown of thorns. Now, crown of thorns, John 19, chapter 2, or John chapter 19, verses 2 and 3. Give me the scripture so you can study it. I'm moving fast. A crown of thorns. Say a crown of thorns. It's designed to be an insult. It's designed to mock him. And what they didn't realize is what they meant to mock him, God was using, watch me, to increase his altitude. What, what do you mean? A crown of thorns is designed to say, you're no real king, so here's your fake crown. But a real crown would not have pierced him. So he needed the fake so he could give us the real. Y'all, I'm going to throw this microphone at your house. I see that piece of bread with that hot sauce. I will throw Let's go. <laughs> he handled fake so you and I could have real. How do you know he gave us the real? He gave us the real because Revelation 5.10 says he made us to be kings and priests. You got it? Okay, let's go back to John. How did he make us that way? He bought it. He paid for it. Somebody say he paid for it. So check this out. Let's go. He paid for us to be kings and to be priests. What does that mean? Successful and spiritual. If you grew up in church, you may have thought that the only way you could be successful was not to be in church. If that was ever you, just do the hand wave emoji online. Because you were like, well, if I'm going to succeed, you know, I can't be going to church. Because, watch me, some of you even thought these church people seem like they're doing worse. Now, let's be clear. That ain't in this house. That, 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 uh-uh. We don't have that disease. I need you to open up your mouth and say, our house is nah. Right? And as your shepherd, I need you to understand my heart behind that. It's because we're blessed to be a blessing. You can't be a blessing if you're stressing. All right, so let's look. He paid for us to be kings and priests. That means successful and spiritual. I don't get either or. Let's go. I get both of For those taking notes, let me spell it for you. It's Hebrew. B-O-F-F-U-M. I'm just joking. That's not Hebrew. <laughs> look. Now, check this out. Can we go further? But also, think about this. In Genesis 3.19, in Genesis 3.19, there is a curse that's issued. It's called the curse of the sweat of the brow. The curse of the sweat of the brow. What does the curse mean? It means an empowerment to fail. What does this mean? In Genesis 3.19, it says that by sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of you were taken, for out of uh, dust you shall return. Your face there, in most Bibles, English Standard, it says face. In uh, New King James and most other versions, it says of your brow. Brow. Say brow. 
But we can go with face, same difference. I need you to get the meaning. When they put the crown of thorns on his head, the thorns begin to pierce his cranium. Got it? It would have hit somewhere around here, and it would have pierced his brow. When it pierced his brow, please stay with me. We're almost done. It began to flow down his face. As the blood began to flow down his face, every place his blood was shed, he bought something. So why does he tell you to walk by faith and not by sight? Because the blood ran over his eyes. And when the blood ran over his eyes, he said, I need you to stop just living by what you see. And I need you to live by what I said. But it goes further because then the blood would have also hit his nose. It would have hit his mouth. It would have gotten in his tongue, on his tongue. It would have gone down his ears. Watch me. What is that? All of his senses. Which means he bought the ability for you and I not to live by what we feel, not to live by our emotions. See, somehow, I'm just so emotional. Baby, go check the receipts because he paid for you to walk by faith. And guess what? If there's blood in his eyes, that means he had to close his eyes, which means he had to trust the voice that he heard. Walk by faith and not by sight. Let's go further. Number five. They pierced his hands. Really, it was probably his wrists, many theologians say. John 20 and 25. He paid to prosper what we give him. Deuteronomy, the Bible says, that he would bless the work of our hands. This is why for many of you, no matter what you found yourself doing, you did it well. I don't care if you were packing boxes, working in warehouses, doing paperwork, filling up water bottles. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Uh, 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 Whatever you found yourself doing, you were able to find a way to do it well and to excel. You know how you did that? Because he paid for you to give him something to work with. And when you give him something to work with, he's going to give it back better than you gave it to him. I need you to say, he blesses the work of my hands. All right, number six. Pierced feet. It's right there in that same, the same text. John 20. You can see right there. Uh, unless I see it in his hands, the mark of the nails. Place my finger in the mark of the nails. Put his hand. I'll never believe. This is what one of the disciples says. Say so they pierced his feet. Now Joshua chapter 1 verse 3. I'm going fast. Your feet represent your progress. Your feet represent your progress. Your feet represent your progress. Joshua 1, every place your foot goes, I'll give you. So every place he shed his blood, he bought something. Some of you, you're like, it seems like I just had to go everywhere. Being around the world and I, yeah, yeah. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. And God says, I took you the long way. I'm about to throw this mic. I'm about to throw this mic. I promise you I want to throw this mic. I want to throw this mic. Because some of you are like, I thought I'd be there by 30. I thought I'd be there by 35. I thought I'd be there by 40. I thought I'd be there by 45. I thought I'd be there by 50. If you study your Bible, the Bible says that he took the children of Israel the long way. And I'm here to tell somebody listening to me, the reason your way didn't happen that fast is because you're going to have more than the people that are already there. 
He took you the long way so that your feet could touch some stuff. Your feet could go some places. You could walk into that house. You could walk into that dealership. You could walk into that city. You could walk into that place because every place your feet shall go. He bought it for you. Say it. He bought it for me. Say it. Y'all say it at home. He bought it for me. Say it. He bought it for me. One more game. He bought it for me. Stop. Every place your foot goes, you leave a trace of blood. This is why some of y'all, it seemed like your whole journey has been nothing but length, watch me, and delay. I'm preaching. (laughs) And you're like, God, how come so-and-so already there? I ain't jealous. I'm just saying. Because God said, she ain't going to have what I'm about to give you. He ain't going to have what I'm about to give you. Shooting stars, watch me, they fall fast. I took you the long route so that your feet could touch some stuff. So you could go some places. So you could see some stuff. So you could be inspired. So you could be frustrated. So you could be inspired. So you'd be an innovator. I took you some places. Say, he took me the long route on purpose. Number seven. Here it is. Is this good to anybody? I got to quit. Here's number seven. They pierced his side. John 19, 34. They pierced his side. Say, one of the soldiers did it. Soldiers. Fighter. Rough rider. Um, let's see if I can say it another way. Sometimes the greatest piercing will come from the people you did the most for. And if you're honest and you look back, you never should have let them get that close anyhow. Say he's a soldier. I just need you to catch some imagery there. One of the soldiers did what? Pierced his side with a what? Spear. He takes his spear. And he kills him. And when he kills him, and he pierces his side, notice. Say, why did he pierce his side, Bishop? Because if you're hanging on a cross, the only way to access your heart is going to be The ribs are right here, so I got to get you on the side. Watch me. I have to blind side you. <laughs> I have to catch you off guard, and then I got to get your heart. Because if you pierced him on his side, if you pierced him on his side, pierce is designed to kill him. Look at me. There's some pierces that blindsided you. You said, I can't believe this, that, them, they would happen. Look at me. They pierced him with a what? Spear. Which means it was sharp. What does that mean? It's a sharp pain. 
this ain't something. Everybody telling you get over it, and you like, but it was. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Everybody saying, why are you still tripping over that? It was sharp. It was sharp. You, you ever got a paper cut and been mad at paper? Because it was sharp. And then now you're sanitizing all the time. And when that sanitizer hit that, you, God, dog. Somebody said it was sharp. So what begins to happen? It pierces heart. Look at me, please. And what begins to happen? He begins to bleed internally. You ready? I'm told by medical professionals that internal bleeding is more dangerous than external bleeding. Because with internal bleeding, you cannot, it's not as easy to trace the origin of where the wound is. And since you can't trace where the wound is, you might bleed to death before they find out where your wound is. Watch me. For many of you, you don't have external wounds. You have got internal wounds and you've been struggling trying to trace where it got you. Am I mad with them? Am I mad with him? Am I mad with me? Am I mad at this? Am I mad at that? Did they do this? Did I do this? Did I, I did what happened? Can I preach it? But we're about to close it. Let's go. So he's bleeding internally. The blood hits all of his internal organs. Interestingly enough, every organ has a spiritual significance. Oh, what do you mean, Bishop? Every organ has a spiritual significance. Well, there are organs in your body that are designed to filter. I don't have time to dive. <laughs> I won't dive. We won't dive there. We won't dive there. Be on live with me on Friday. We'll see where we go. Watch me. Say they pierced him. Say it was sharp. But something different happened. Blood. And what did we already learn? And water came out. Blood and water wouldn't come out. Because blood wouldn't be loosely floating in the internal cavity of a human being. Blood is in the body, but blood ain't just sitting in the body like he got a little pouch of water. Why is this significant? Because the same plus place he bled, what did he do? He bought something. What did he do? He cleaned it. I need y'all to act like I'm saying English words around here. <laughs> so watch what he did. He said, let me show you how to handle sharp, blindsiding pain. You're going to bleed a little. It's going to hurt a little. But when I bought your internal healing, I cleaned it at the same time. Somebody say he cleaned it at the same time. Which means I need you to use the rest of however many days of quarantine you got. Interestingly enough, you know what we're spending a lot more time doing now than we've probably ever done before? Cleaning. You doing in the natural. What God is trying to do in the spirit of you. You do it in the natural. What God is trying to do in your emotions. He's trying to do in your soul. He's trying to do in your mind. And I need you to lift both of your hands and say, Lord.
clean me, clean me. Wash away that blood. Wash away that pain. Wash away that hurt. Wash away that disappointment. Wash away that betrayal. Wash it away. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app. Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. 
They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.